Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is tell everyone about Book Club. Back again, another episode of Book Club. Mike Price, Johnny Graham, the two key men of Inward Revenue Consulting. Well, the two, the, we're the face of social media, Jonathan. We're it's social. Put the eye candy out front. <laughs> Get the good-looking ones out. Uh, a nice weekend, Mike. Nice to see you yesterday for Sunday dinner at my house. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, only all right. I thought I Mrs. Had an average Sunday lunch. I thought Mrs. G <laughs> smashed Sunday dinner out of the park. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Took the dogs out. They got on well, didn't they? They did, yeah. Did a bit of dogging. Yeah, we went out dogging. So we are on... Don't, I'm going to get the giggles. We're on chapters four and five of Combo Prospecting. As we bring this show to you, we actually are just on hot on the heels of having interviewed Tony Hughes, which will be next week's show. I've enjoyed this one, Mike. As you know, I've sort of got a new strategy for getting through my books, which is I go out for a long walk with the dog and listen to it on Audible, then come back and throw a few notes into the book. So uh, me and the dog have learned a lot about throwing combos this weekend. Um... Shall we start? Yeah, by all means, yeah. So chapters four and five, what have you made of these two? Uh, It's like I've said about this book a lot, and I've just said it to Tony, actually, which is, I sort of feel like this book, I don't like how it's written, really, to be perfectly clear. No. And I think it's a bit of a rant. But? But I do think there's some really, really good stuff in it. I'm not taking the mickey. It's full of gold. Yeah, it is. We've just got to sift it a little bit. I mean, first page, if you social sell only, you will fail. I love if that. you wield the phone only, you will fail. You will fail. If you blast away with email and email only, you, you will, will fail. fail. Love that. He's just selling the truth, this guy. And it's actually a hard truth, I think, that a lot of people don't want to hear, really. Yeah, well, we were just talking about it, weren't we? Saying that um, it, it, it will be a lot of our audience, not necessarily our listeners, because I think our listeners are the converted. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're already listening to Book Club you're the sort that's going to pick up on something like this and go, do you know what, I'm in. Yeah. But I mean, a, lot, a lot of our target customer and candidate audience, a large part of that pool, is going to be very nervous about it because some of it is, you well, it's know... It's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. There's a lot of people sitting things there like Things like writing down, pe- writing down the names of people you couldn't get through during the working day and staying late one night and making some late calls at half six, seven o'clock at night, hoping that, the, hoping that some PAs aren't there but the guy's working late. Because I'll tell you now... I've done it. It works. Absolutely. So chapter four, as the title suggests, is about executing, executing your combo strategy. strategy. But I mean, just put this in context. It's quite small writing. This page, this this chapter is 62 pages long. It's a long chapter. There's a lot to read. Mm. So we've got a few different bits that I've picked up on here. The first bit that I think is important, commit to a minimum two hour time block every day for hardcore in the ring combo activity based on call lists you created before you left work the previous day. Now, I, I, I'm I, in total... I only underlined before you left work the previous day, actually, of that section, but it's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm in. Yeah. The question is, will people do it? And, and I don't know. I think one of the things, actually, that makes it difficult to do that is a lot of the people that we deal with are on the road a lot. I think Tony's point... It takes point a would... lot of discipline as you're driving home at nine o'clock at night, up the M1, and all you want to do is go and watch Killing Eve, which I think is average this season, to actually stop, 
plan your diary for the next day or get in and plan your diary for the next that's day. That's brutally tough. Very, very tough thing to do that. You've got to be like actually a bit of a psychopath to do that. I mean, obviously I do it because I'm a bit of a psychopath. So hold on a minute, because I'm talking to a fellow that I know went to a client's golf day the other week, Yeah, yeah. which was a nice day out. I'm sure you had a lovely day. Won the but longest drive? Won the longest drive. Uh, if anybody, Just as a quick aside, if anybody has never played golf with Michael, Michael hits the golf ball like it's just insulted one of his kids. <laughs> um, it's the only, it, 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 like it's affronted him, his family and everything he has ever stood for on every single swing of the golf club. So it's no surprise to me you won the longest drive. Um, so, um, but yeah, the point is I stopped on the way home. Yeah, the point I'm making here is I know that on the way home from that golf day, there are two things. One is he drove down the night before because he didn't want to miss out on his morning's phone time. I made my calls eight till, eight till nine. And two, I know that on his way home, he stopped, got a snack and wrote out his plan for Monday morning. I did. Because he doesn't like it to do it over the weekend. But 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 that's my point. This this makes it quite difficult for people to do, really. And, but it, 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 you, you are. Think our, to but you think of our audience. You know, they're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on the road. Well, they've just missed for twelve hours. But I think there's an argument that would say, yeah, you're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on the road. But actually, should you be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday organising your meetings in such a way that you're getting your combos out? Well, I mean, I do agree with that. Also, I think, you know, as a slight aside, I think people are quite too ready lot, to go on the road without qualifying stuff. And actually, stuff. how much of that is about being subservient to the client when the client says, can you be there at nine o'clock in the morning? If that's about being the hottest girl in the room. Yeah, yeah. Can you be there at nine o'clock in the morning? Oh, right, that's phone time. Yeah, 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 I'll be there. Instead of, sorry, no, I can't. I can be there at four o'clock. Always default to calling in every aspect of your sales process. What do you what do you make of that? He's absolutely right. I don't know where it, I don't know whether it's this chapter or another actually, but he says if somebody sends you an email, phone them. Call them back. If somebody sends you an email, phone them. If somebody sends you a text message, phone them. I mean, I mean, you can get a lot. You know, you and I know often in the in the melee of recruitment, you can get a lot more done sometimes because picking up the phone and saying, right, here's where you're at. You want to see these three candidates? Just get your diary out now. Definitely. I like this bit, actually. He goes, here are some tips to safely, like the word safely, use LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook platforms, which make a bazillion dollars serving ads to you. It's not necessarily helpful to be on social networks while working. It can be mesmerising. I like the point he makes about uh, if your monitor was broadcast in Times Square, I think it's in this chapter, if somebody got your monitor, took a feed off it, and broadcast it in Times Square, what would you spend your day looking at? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You wouldn't look yeah. at LinkedIn as much, would you? No. You wouldn't spend... So, well, I, I, you know, I do it sometimes. I go into LinkedIn just to quickly just check to out a profile. Name. And before you know it, you think... I've lost 30 seconds to a minute of my life. Looking sat, at something else. Looking at um, some guy... Oh, like Vision Napolsky. Uh, uh, no, sat looking at some guy lathing, some, doing like on a la some fascinating video about some guy machining tools out of a lathe... And I'm like, what the hell's just happened to me? And I'm a pretty disciplined fella. Yeah, I'm me too. I like the fact, but we need to make sure we stay on the same page. It's such a big What chapter. are you on? 155. Right. He's talking about time ahead. blocking. So true. University students do it. Athletes do it. Arnie did it to become Mr. Universe. Effective time management and focus will get you where you need to be. Which Absolutely. Is three, what do you, do you agree with this 3X pipeline? Do you think three times is enough? Uh, you just can't talk about it. It's different because your pipelines are not narrower than mine. Yeah. And we're in the same room. Yeah. Just <coughs> by nature of our different desks. We're just different, different, well, we're just different people, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. 
and, it, and it, you know, we talk to Tony a lot about the, the book being in many respects a clarion call to people. Um, but he's, but some of it is so practically simple. It, it, drilling into a finite list of 50 accounts with six to eight contacts per account till you hear that magical word no. Then cycle that prospect 90 to 180 days later. Calling is the top skill you should be developing to gain an edge, not just for prospecting landing meetings with C-level decision makers, but every stage of the funnel. Um, and he talks a little bit, he goes back to the point about artificial intelligence, about how it can't make jokes, shoot the breeze, relate to human beings. I like this next, yeah, I underlined the same bit. He said, 158, I rarely come across a sales rep who practices what they sound like. If I could teach sales oh. reps one thing, it would be to sing like John John Legend. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't want him singing like John Legend, but I... I you get his point, though. But Mike, you know, we, we've hired, recruited, developed, fired countless people through this business who I have sat with and tried to coach and tried to develop and tried to say to them, you've got to modulate your tone, you've got to work on your tone. Have you tried singing in the car on the way in the morning? Uh, have you tried standing I up? I mean, it's a difficult this, one because you're that. talking to one of the most monotone people on the planet, i.e. me. But you're not that monotone because you, you, you modulate your voice. Not when I get voice. into it. No, because there's energy in it. Energy and engagement. Well, I say I like this actually. You sound happy to talk to your customers. I am actually. I like them. Um, page one six two. I like this bit. Discipline beats motivation every time. Yeah, it does. Discipline, yeah. and he's on about time blocking now. Yeah, absolutely. The other bit I, I thought was interesting. Maybe open for debate. A B-grade message delivered live on a phone call or left on a voicemail then sent in an email or text in some omni-channel combination will actually outperform the A-plus message that is sent in only one channel, especially email. This one's easy to explain. CXOs are simply overloaded so they don't check unsolicited emails of any kind. You could have the location of the Holy Grail or a winning lottery ticket. They'd simply ignore it or more likely their EA would be there blocking you. What do you reckon? B-grade message delivered well versus A-plus messages? He's obviously right, isn't he? I, I'm inclined to to agree. Yeah, he's definitely right. Actually, but w there are anomalies of people that write incredibly poignant, focused sales letters. Yeah, but you uh, don't know they do. You and might... actually, I like that combo, you know, of... Yeah, that's my point. If you sat next to him and said, right, write a good email and call him, maybe that guy's going to be twice as successful. Or write a good email and a letter and send a Starbucks card and call and... Exactly. Yeah, and, it, it, and which one part of it broke was the straw that broke the camel's back that opened the opportunity for you? Now, there's a subheading in this chapter, page 163, which I think could have, is a very, very good bit, a nugget of gold this week. Yeah, trigger, trigger events, events and, and social, social listening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we were always taught, weren't we, where there is smoke, there's fire. So in recruitment, for, for, for those who don't know, uh, for, for every candidate that comes to see you, there's a hiring manager that's probably sat there with his head in his hands thinking, what a nugget so-and-so is. Mm. That, that is just the way of the world, well, isn't it? two sides to every story. Uh, correct. There are always two sides to every story, but there are always trigger events in a prospective cycle. In business, there are always trigger events. That's the movement of an individual. It could be a an acquisition. It could be a merger. It could be... Uh, you know, for example, uh, there was a healthcare software company recently that got their absolute asses spanked by uh, the NHS to the tune of several million pounds. They're trigger events that if you're smart, you, 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 there's business in there, aren't there? Absolutely. And, and Tony's point, his biggest one is when somebody changes job, they always bring in change. Yeah, the, 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 is... the biggest one is job change. Now, I like it? this. We're talking about, uh, this is page 166, 167. 
we're talking about an advanced technique playbook. The, the one I've brought up here for a bit of debate is, is he talks about adding prospects on Facebook. What do you reckon? I mean, I don't really use Facebook that much, actually, but... Ooh, adding prospects it's not on Facebook. It's not something I would do. be interesting for somebody to call in, actually. But I'd love somebody's opinion on that. Because I um, don't do it. I'll tell you what's interesting is I get a lot of Facebook requests of people we do do business with. Do you? Yep. I don't. Of people that I've got relationships with, good relationships with. I don't, but I've only got about but I, I am a, Facebook I, I'm sort of very... I don't have a lot of friends, Mike, so I'm very protective of those out-of-work relationships not spilling into my in-work relationships. But th I, that might be wrongly so. Yeah, it's just interesting. I thought it was, you know... And also, it's to me, that slightly contradicts the whole concept of not needing to be friends with a client. I don't want my yeah, that's a fair I don't want I don't want my clients to see me ranting about rugby league on Facebook. My clients don't want to see a picture on Facebook. And to be fair, and to be fair, my Facebook contains my politics um and every other offensive thing I, I can say in in the forum of people that are wise enough to know what an idiot I am and will tolerate it. Fair enough. Page so for me, that's a no. Page 170, he makes a comment here with LinkedIn in mail, we hit 48% open rate. You, I think you missed a, bit, a, a little nugget here on referrals, Mike. The path uh, of highest yeah, probability. Yeah. Okay, I did underline that, but skip past it really. But yeah, so go on. So he, he talks here that, again, one of the subheadings in this chapter is referrals, the path of highest probability. And he just talks about the simplicity of who do you know who knows somebody in, account, in an account? And then going to them and asking them to make an introduction and saying that you'll ghostwrite the warm intro. And I think that's really powerful. If you know, if, it, if we get it right, I look at a couple of the key accounts. If I look at one of the prospects I've got for later on this summer that I know will be a new client was a referral from another client that was a referral. There's also that, but also the uh, the aspect of ghostwriting. So what he's saying here is... You go to your mate, you go to a mate and you say, listen, no, I know your you... Mate, you go to your, to your line your, manager or chief exec, because he will say, chief exec, swim with other chief execs. Correct. So, so why not ask your chief exec to introduce you? Or you might have a contact on LinkedIn that knows somebody in the client account and ask that contact on LinkedIn with you whom you've got a business relationship. Listen, would you be so kind as to introduce me to yeah, that? I do agree with that, but I think they're two separate things and you're missing a good one there, which is, you know, I, you know, me, Mike, I work for chief exec Sally. Sally went to Oxbridge, Eton and every other great seat of learning and did, yeah. a, mas and did a master's at Cambridge. With Boris Johnson. Exactly, but the point is, she's going to be connected to other people. So I pitch up to Sally and say, listen, Sally, you're connected to people I want to sell to. I'm going to use your profile and connect to them. I'll tell you what I'm going to write before I do it. You're right with that. I think that's a good route into clients. Absolutely. Really good Absolutely. Route you can't ask people to write it themselves. They'll never do it. And then we get into advanced technique playbook. Personal social, as you've mentioned. Messaging social. Okay, question. Listeners, book club listeners, how many of you use Twitter? We didn't have much joy with Twitter, did we? But we didn't really put much effort into it either. No, it was we, we toyed with it at a time when we weren't serious about social. I don't believe that our universe uses Twitter. I don't believe that enterprise-level salespeople on a £100,000 basic salary or £70,000 basic salary, I don't think they tweet. Don't know, we'll find out if any of them call yeah, in. Yeah, call in, talk to us, tell us, give us, give us your thoughts. Um... And then there's something that I did pick up on here on Advanced Technique Playbook, and I'd be interested on in your opinion on this, is the whole concept of social listening and lead shares and 
sales nav and monitoring sales nav? Very tough, that. Go on, just, do, do you want to expand on that for our well, listeners? Well, so we just bit? spoke to Tony about it, haven't we, actually, which is what Tony's saying is um, get your 50 prospects, uh, add them to companies that you follow on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, get the decision makers in those accounts, let's say two per account, and create them as leads in Sales Navigator. So you've got 100 leads that work for 50 companies you want to talk to. Yeah, and then when they publish something or do something or move or whatever, comment, make, say something or whatever, you know, yeah, you, you can get involved with them. So one of them says, uh, you know, something, and you pitch in and share it in your network, so that when you actually reach out to them, they're more susceptible to a call, or you can see what they're doing. So one of them moves jobs, you know, one of them gets promoted, blah blah blah. I do agree with that. I actually think that's the job of a marketing department. What's interesting is I've got a client that I'm engaged with right now that came from that activity but i it depends what the time versus effort but it and it came from a very fast it was i remember actually doing the particular making the particular comment on the particular post late at night 7 seven thirty, just wrapping up but, going through linkedin but but, 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 you, but you know what the other thing about that is is actually i know who that client is and i think you would be fairly straight to say that they've got a lot of recruiters on the go yeah. And it's a very open market, oh, so you God. can't chuck him up much resource at it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a tart with a heart. <laughs> Every recruiter in England's got that job spec. So, so you can't throw resource at it. So actually, how good a brief is it for you? Not. Will you get a, uh, a placement in the in the fullness time? Yeah, you might do, but it's a very low percentage versus some of your other work, I'd Correct. Say. And actually... So and actually, it turns into a fat waste of time. And I still maintain that the best contacts are the ones who are the hardest to speak to and engage with. So does with. Tony. It's always the truism, that, isn't it? Always. The ones who've got the Rottweiler PA that never answer the blower, that answer the blower at 7am in the morning. They're always the best. Or the ones that shorted. you catch in a hotel room at Whereas actually, so social listening, you know, so that sort of answers your question really. So I, so I sort of get it, and I think maybe in some markets it's great, and I think that if you're prepared to do it, my nervousness is... You could get very sucked up in time, just being the park be incredible, making comments. And the the, the 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 important point to remember is, if all you're doing is liking and going, "Hey, great post," don't bother. You've actually got to post something into the comment stream that is pertinent and brings value and demonstrates your own uh, value without pick up the phone, without selling and without pitching. And and actually, I think pound for pound. If we're on the boxing combo prospecting analogy, I think pound for pound, you're better off just throwing a triple. It's interesting. It's a small thing, you know, page 170. Uh, it talks about in-mails. I think in-mail, you, you know, he says you should use all your in-mails. And that's very true. In-mail is just such a better access to people Particularly if email. you've got high connection volumes. Yeah, it's just much better. And it's GDPR, and it's GDPR compliant. Yeah, nobody yeah. is ever going to say to you, where did you get my in-mail address from? Correct. And then, and then the section below, he talks about the source of information, Lucia, Ranking, Discover Org, blah, blah, blah. Do what surprises me, Jonathan, is I'm still phoning people and they're going, where do you get my mobile from? And I'm saying, Lucia. All indignant. And I'm saying, Lucia, and they go, well, what? take it out of the data. I'm saying, well, what you, what, where do you live? You're a sales director. What universe do you operate You're a sales in? director. You've got 10 salespeople. You've never heard of Lucia. Or Zoom Info. What or Discover Org. What are you on Org. about? Yeah. I just think it's unbelievable. Yeah, I bought the data and of a GDPR-compliant vendor. But my point, but it's not that. My point is, is there leaders of sales teams that don't who know. don't know that Lucia exists? But they're, but what, they're, what, what century are they living in, these people? A lot of these people are promoted beyond their pay grade, aren't they? 
But they've got a team of 10 salespeople going, get hold of him. Uh, I can't, boss. They're not going, have you tried Lucia? Yeah. What? Or they're not prepared to pay for the data. It's not that. They've never heard of it. But no, it's not, it's not even that, Mike. It's that they... You know I'm a nerd, right? And I sit there some, sometimes on a Sunday looking for the latest and greatest edge that we can give the business technologically. But it's that moment of... You know, there's that old cartoon, isn't there? Of the guy, the, the kid trying to sell the machine gun to the guy on the horse. Yeah, the guy yeah. on the horse has got the sword and the, uh, and the guy with the sword turns around and says, can't you see I'm too busy fighting this battle to talk to you? And the kid sat there with his machine gun. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the that uh, old thing. cartoon, and it's that that's the same thing. Is these people are too busy running around with their swords to actually take a little bit of time to talk to the machine gun salesman and go, "Hold on a minute, what the hell's that?" So, insider secrets of savvy sellers, page one seven three. There's a few things on here, but he goes, "One is a LinkedIn view of your profile is a lead." Discuss. <sighs> A LinkedIn view of your profile is a lead. Uh, I'm not in massive disagreement. Problem is the quantity. It's of it. what you define as a lead and and how you rank that. Where where in the pecking order of your leads you rank that? Yeah, yeah. But but I'll tell you now, somebody viewing your LinkedIn profile, it, it, it's different for us because we're doing so much social now that. We're attracting a lot of profile views, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, yeah. So it. Would I don't be... even bother looking at mine anymore. No. I just... So I think it would be deeply foolish on the part of myself and yourself to view an individual LinkedIn profile view as a lead. What I do find is, and you know, we get big spikes in uh, connection requests and follows that we around pub- publishing and posting. Those connection requests, you know, often I'll get a connection request from somebody. <laughs> They're looking for a job often. Yeah, particularly the ones that say, that say it in their t- job title. <laughs> Currently seeking new opportunities. By the way, listeners, just do don't put, not just do don't that. Put that. That is such literally, a poor thing to do. Literally, just don't do it. Currently seeking new opportunities. No. And if anybody wants to know why, it's not in the auspices of this conversation because we're covering combo prospecting, but don't do it. You have not completed completed prospecting a company until you receive a no at uh, all the right levels. Underlined that myself, Mike. Always prospect every lead to a no, because it is the most magical word in sales. No more false hope. No more wasted time. Let it thicken your skin. Selling is a rejection-based business, and you must become anti-fragile. So right. Mm-hmm. Just know where you stand. Correct. I know where I stand now. Right, okay, you don't want to do business with me, do you? Fine, right. so long as I know. So long as I know. Now I know. I'll put you back in my callbacks for three months' time and I'll have an, another go at the objection. But at least I know and I can take you out I can take you out of my canvassing list now. Thanks. I like this actually. So combos to conquer executive ad. Page one seven nine. I underlined the bit that said another crucial step of prospecting those for combos about brevity. Email subject lines should be too to three words oh, max and ask, contain a plus sign. I wish we'd asked Tony about that. Well, we're not, so we're talking about it now. I'm going to message him about it, actually. So that was a great bit of a tip, what, that. But why? Um, I don't know. I, I, he's obviously got some method, some system that, that seems to work. So email subject lines should be two to three words max and contain a plus sign. I just think to spark intrigue. So what he said is growth plus Notre Dame. 
is what he's put, or revenue plus Bilbo Baggins are his examples. He says Bilbo it in, Baggins. He says it in here somewhere, or or somebody does. Um, the one that gets a lot of response rate is your LinkedIn profile. I put that in my subject heading a lot. Do you? Yeah. Do you know what? Just I'm going to get back to one seven seven. There's something he, here. I, I I think this is a low tech but brilliant little nugget that's come out of the book. A strategy I love keeping is a subset of the top 25 decision makers in your book and putting them on permacool. This means you're going to call them around the clock without any combos at all until someone picks up. I.e., in your book, your day book, just have the, at the back of your day book, have the top 25 people you wish you could speak to and get through to written down. Because imagine that. Stop at the motorway services, have a cup of coffee, have a rest, go through your top 25 canvas calls. Bang, 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 bang. Well, you remember sitting opposite me on the train to London. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> but imagine that, if you've just got them written down somewhere, where you, you don't have to look them up in Salesforce, no messing about, hoping there's 4G so you can mess about with that dismal Salesforce app. Just open your book, there's the number. Right, tried him again, tried him again, tried him again. Another little jab, another little jab, until at some point the punter sat there thinking, I'm just going to have to return this guy's call here, otherwise he's never, ever going away. Yeah, I agree. Page one eight two. When following up, never use phrases such as checking in and touching base. Oh, well, actually, what's really interesting is um, the spam. Most spam filters are designed. Are they? Yeah, and if you've got, remember we were reading in the Michael Hyatt book about uh, using email filtering software. I can yes. Yeah, most email filters. If you buy, so for example. Um, there's an app going doing the rounds in Silicon Valley at the moment called Superhuman, which is a like they're, it, they're calling it like the ultimate email app. They just had a bit of a scandal this week, but it's like a really clever app. And that's got built in email filtering and all that sort of stuff. That will just filter out anything with the word like touching base, uh, checking in. It'll just filter it. You'll never see it. You'll just never see it because um, it's it, the, the, the software just knows it's a salesman pitching something. Yeah, and also I think it pisses people off. Touching base, what does it mean? Let's touch base. I agree completely. I, 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 I wouldn't reply to it or send it. Yeah, it's just garbage, mate. You may be thinking right now, this guy's repetitive. Time blocking, 30 triples. How many times is he going to say this? Yep, but will you actually do it? Very few actually do. I've got to say, I think very few people will actually do what's in this book. Yeah, we were just talking to Tony about that. But we were also saying that the book... What, what's it, what we've learned that's quite interesting about a lot of our book club audience is I, I think most of our book club listeners are already converts. Yeah, yeah, so they'll uh, they're, do it. They're, they're converts to the fact that the craft matters to them and that's why they're sat listening to the show in the car. It's the ones that look at it go, yeah, 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 I'll listen to that sometime. But aren't. Mm. So a lot, I, I'm not nervous about our audience doing it, but I'm, all, I'm nervous about... I'll target unconverted you know, if, audience. If, doing if it. you took this book, and my knowledge of the healthcare software market, by the way, before I say this, is utterly appalling. Uh, no one in this, healthcare has got the bollocks. I don't to know do what's they called Serverlex. Do they do healthcare software? Nobody at Serverlex doing that. You don't reckon? No. Right. Okay. So is you sure? Or Emis? Nobody at Emis is doing that. That's why they're all getting made redundant. TPP. Nobody at TPP is doing that. Right. Fair enough. Nobody in healthcare is following combo prospecting. So, some people will be. Well, 
it will be a very small percentage. I know one guy who I placed with a market leading company. I reckon he's doing it, but it's an extraordinarily small percentage of the guys in healthcare. In comparison to other sectors, if you're in healthcare and you're listening to this, I challenge you. I throw down a gauntlet to you. Pick up this book. It might just or come on the show and disagree with us. Yeah, or come on the show come and explain the show to us and why. Say, right, I oh, they don't answer the phone in the NHS. Oh, you can't cold call people. They get offended in the NHS. Shut up. <laughs> Page one eight seven. That's funny, Johnny. Page one eight seven. <laughs> you sounded like Tony Hughes then. Directly address the prospect by name and super briefly explain why you're calling. Don't ask. Is this a good time? Don't ask. <laughs> how are you today? You know that's my one pet hate. How are you? Literally, when people ask yeah. that question, I just ignore it now. So, so, so listeners, for, for those of you who don't know, I would say probably 85% of the inbound sales calls with people pitching stuff to IRC. How are you? They land on my desk, not Mike's. The 15% that does land on Mike's desk, if you want to flog something to Inward Revenue and I'm you. not here... For God's sake, don't ask Mike how he is, because that is going to be a very difficult Because it's call. an insincere question. Correct. They don't care how I am. No, they just... They don't care how I am. Well, it's all they're doing is a Toretti-type well, thing, Well, what they're doing it? is they're just softening me up. Right, make him like him. Ask him how he is. But they don't care. Yeah, they might as well, they might as well start ringing up and asking about your pergola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, actually... Um, it's a socially difficult thing to say, good morning, my name's Jonathan Graham. I'm calling from Inward Revenue Consulting. I'll tell you why I'm calling today. And to not say, how are you? Are you okay? But no, it, there it's... are some people who, whose welfare I care for. And well, I say, how are you? And I want to know. Yeah, but they're people that you've got ongoing relationships with. Yeah, yeah. And actually, if you're calling people at really senior level, the whole, hi, how are you? I'll tell you how I am. I'm really, really busy you sound like you're flogging something, and you've just given me a reason to punch you. Well, well and you get. And I've I've done this when I've been coaching people. But before. you're starting them in the pattern, aren't you? How are you? Oh, repel salesperson pattern. Correct. They pre when when you're cold calling people, and you know Mike and I are pretty expert on cold calling. We're in recruitment. It's a tough game. We have to do it for a living. Um, when you're cold calling people, people they do what we call run a pattern. And oh, you're starting their pattern. And the moment you say, how are you, you trigger the pattern. The pattern is, oh, here comes a salesman. I'm going to trigger my reject pattern, Correct. which is then actually a lot more difficult to break. Whereas actually not asking how are you is in itself a pattern interrupt. Yep. It, 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 it's a brain scrambler. Their brain goes, whoa, 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 where's the how am I? Where's the... Where's the standard shite where, Where's the friendly... The, the, the subconscious mind goes, where's the friendly vernacular? Oh, God, there isn't any. This guy's getting straight to business. Oh, my God, he's just hit me with a value proposition. In shops, in car showrooms. Yeah. How are you today? How are you today? Oh, whatever. Well, shit, actually. So, page 191, ghosting your own CEO's profile. We were talking about that before, actually. Really uh, liked that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But again, how many of our... Pro how many of the people in our world... I think a lot of the, like I say, going back again, a lot of our listeners would, would try it. But how many people in the universe of, of where we play would actually ring up their CEO and say, I'm going to run your LinkedIn profile for you. And I'm going to canvas as you. Yeah, absolutely. Give me your LinkedIn profile. Give me your LinkedIn login. I'll run it and I'll generate appointments. You're going to be me. I'm going to be you. And as soon as I get an appointment, you're going to hand it over to me. I agree completely. I don't think many people have got the courage to do that. 
That Did takes it? courage. It does. Right, yeah. one, I'm on 198. What page are you on? 193. Okay. Um, you obviously got something to talk about in those yeah, pages. Yeah, he talks a little bit about things like uh, neighbourhood techniques. Did, did you pick up on that bit? Yeah, and I underlined it actually, but I was a bit uh, conscious of time and it's, it, it, it's not bad. No? It's not a bad thing, but I just saw some things I liked more. So Bob, I, I, do you know the bits I really liked was this sales coaching from a CEO buyer? Yes, I did like that. I guess that's a great, great little section. I'll tell you who does a lot of that on on LinkedIn, and it, it, you know, it's not his day, and he, he he hasn't got a book out. It's Benjamin Denner. He often writes these posts that are almost like letters from a customer to the salespeople. I'm not connected to him actually. Yeah, they're, they're quite good actually. So bottom of page one nine eight. A typical day in your work life as a masterful combo prospector looks like this. It's late afternoon, so you block all distractions. It's late afternoon, so you block all distractions. You take a plain piece of paper. Good start. And pen that writes fast. Good start. So you can... Purchased um, by the beautiful Mrs. Graham. So you, you can um, keep a call sheet. Um, you open up your shared uh, spreadsheet called Key Target Accounts. Yep. Um, it's approaching knockoff time for your prospects. And the point he's making here is, he's sort of saying, listen... Four o'clock. That's a good time to call people because they're not in meetings. I'll tell you when's better. Six thirty. Yeah, whatever. But it, it, it's the same thing, isn't it? You don't yeah. have to. Uh, you know, the t- the time itself isn't as important as the paradigm, which is phone people when they're leaving their meetings. Yeah. And actually, page one nine nine is a checklist of brilliant things to do. I, I think if if you didn't want to buy this book, I don't know how much it is, but if you didn't want to buy this book. And you said, and you went to uh, Tony Hughes, right? I only want to buy one page of the book. <laughs> That's not far off. One nine nine is the page I'd rip out. Yeah, absolutely yeah, it, superb. It, I think that. It, the next morning, I like. This well, bit, he talks two. about he talks about call sheets. Yes, I, I I like this. The next morning, you wake up and you shower with caffeine soap. You can buy caffeine on soap. on the way to the office. You consume a triple shot coffee with a Red Bull chaser. <laughs> <laughs> he's intense, isn't he? Yeah, but he's right. Get intense. Get fired up. Get intense. Get fired up. Yeah, yeah. Stop being denigrating about films like Boiler Room. Yeah. Because they're making loads of money. You know, there's a company next door. (laughs) Well, they're downstairs now in a bigger office. Have they moved downstairs to a bigger office? It's a boiler room. It's a boiler room. The the business next door to us. A proper boiler room. I'll tell you what, they are making some money. Yeah, yeah. Literally, 10 times a day, there is a roar. From that room, that uh, ringing a bell and all the rest. Literally, of it. it's a roar, and you think something's happened. They've obviously sold somebody sold something, and everybody's cheering. But they're making money. Yeah, definitely, yeah. real money. And and you can't knock that. And I'll tell you now, that is a room full of guys cold calling stuff. They are, yeah, yeah. Many salespeople make the mistake of pressuring their potential client when the buyer isn't in a position to commit to purchase. Managers often push their sales team to offer discounts on one hand. And the threats of price increase on the other. If, yep. the buyer fail, if the buyer fails to meet the seller's deadline. And then we, it goes on to, to knock pressure-based closing, uh, pressure-filled closing. And, he's, uh, and this is where he's dispelling the myths of a serial closer. I 100% think he's right about this. Well, closing's easy if you've got enough stuff in your pipeline. Correct. Because you become the hottest girl in the room. Yep. And you're prepared to walk away from the deal. Exactly. And it really is that simple. If somebody ever asked me, what's the secret to closing deals? I'd say, just have shit loads of them. Have loads and of pipeline. Have loads of them, because then you can have a, there's a sw- there is a swagger about a guy with a big pipeline mm-hmm. that when the client turns up and expects a big discount, he goes, nah, sorry, pal. 
And the client goes, what? Completely agree. And they get the deal anyway. Well, they get the deal anyway, but then what happens is, you know, we get it a lot, you know, in, in recruitment where we'll get people who will phone up and try and agree T's and C's on the last day of the month for the next month. Yeah. And I'll say, no, no, we'll just leave it till next month if you want. And yeah. they're going, what? Because <laughs> they're obviously salespeople that we sell to, so they think, oh, I know, I'll, I'll give ring, price. I'll ring Mike and Johnny and I'll try and nail them on the last day of the month to see if they'll do a deal for an exclusive an exclusive vacancy. Yeah, and so we they, go, nah. Because so, they, they, they think right. we'll book the sale. What they don't know is we're in charge and we don't mind if it rolls It's not so much that. I've got plenty of pipeline. They just Correct. think, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Interesting. Correct. There are a couple of critical gauges for understanding whether a deal is going to close and move forward. The first is whether the prospect is pulling from the front rather than the seller relentlessly pushing from behind. I do think that's a big one, that. I think sometimes in a sale, you feel like you're working too hard. If you're working too hard, you're it's not going to close you, it. Correct. Uh, 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 it will drop out. Uh, well, it's the law of reversed effort, isn't it? It will drop How out. How often have we sat there where you've said to me, where are you at with this one? And I've said, I feel like I'm working too hard. to, to give Never replace me. Working too hard on the client, or I'm working too hard with the candidate. The candidate's working too hard to get the job. They, ne they never come in. Correct. And that's what I mean about this book. It's a long chapter, this. But it is worth it's reading. It's a long chapter, but it's a good chapter. Yeah, yeah. The only measure of a seller is revenue. Yep. But re but he also goes on and he makes several points in the chapter about how revenue is an extremely lagging indicator. He does, yeah. And we just talked to Tony, one of the things we were mentioning was often where we've had guys working for us and they've been swagging or swaggering around after a hot month. And often you look at that guy and think, you're swaggering around now like you're Bobby Big Bollocks. But actually... That's good work you did 16 weeks ago. Correct, yeah. That was Correct. that was hard, dirty graft 16 weeks ago because actually 16 weeks ago you'd had a really bad month and you came in fired up as hell and smashed it for a month and it turned round. Correct, correct, correct. So that And that really is chapter four, which is about putting it all, all into practice. It's a big chapter. Big in, big in A, length, and B, big in content. Yeah, yeah. I'd like us, you know, I've said it a million times. I, I You know, I, I, think it, I think it could be a bit more succinct, but I think the points in it are excellent. Chapter five, I'll close the book. <laughs> it's all right, chapter five, but, well, you know. my issue is, uh, like a few of the books we've done on Book Club. They're all the same, the books, aren't they? Chapter five gets a little bit, it, it, it's the concluding chapter of the book. It gets a little bit into being Tony Robbins. And I'm afraid, I'm sorry, but you can't out Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. He's the best at it. Go read Awaken the Giant Within. Yeah, exactly. So um, what do you make of the book then, Jonathan? So we're not going to talk much. You know, it, chapter five is just a final clarion call to you as the reader to to wake up and get in the game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and you know what? I listened to it last night whilst walking. And do you know what? It fired me up a bit. It did. It, 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 it had a bit of an effect on me. It made me think, come on, let's smash it. So, you know, we're going to finish this and I'm going to go back to my desk and make a strong cup of coffee and I am going to go and smash it today. What do you make of the book? Should uh, people buy it? Yes, definitely. I, I've got to say, I think even very experienced prospectors should buy it. Yes. You know what I mean? There's some books where I think to myself, if you're an experienced canvasser, don't bother because you know what's in it. It's a, you, do you know you'll know a lot is? of stuff in it, but you should buy it's it. It's a bucket of icy water, mate. Yeah, I agree. It's a bucket of icy water that everybody should tip over their heads. I think what I think the danger is some people will buy it and half do it and then you've wasted your time because the bit they won't want to do is pick up the phone. The very one of the very crooks of it is you must be comfortable to it pick up the phone. It has to be the combo. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole crux of the book is it's And just the combo. social selling or just email as don't the guy bother. says it's don't just bother. it's just going to work. Don't bother.
So but I'll tell you what, if you do do if you follow this book, I reckon you'll book more appointments. If you book more appointments, you'll have more pipeline. If you've got more pipeline, what's frightening is I often see, and, and I've often seen it in consultants here, where they get to a point where they have more pipeline, and even though the pipeline is designed so that some of it drops out, I often find because you've got a big pipeline, more of it closes proportionately. Oh, of course it does, yeah. Because you've got that swagger. Because there's just something about you. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Well, you can, there's just something about it, you. It's not like you lose a sale and that affects your whole day. No. You lose a sale and you're, oh, a bit of a glancing blow. Glancing blow. Just clipped off the Vaseline that the trainer had put on in Correct. between rounds. It's glancing blow, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, whereas no one hit, hit knocks you out and there's, there's just something about somebody with a big pipeline that's actually closing some of it where it just becomes self-perpetuative. I think so, yeah. So for me, combo prospecting has been really, really good. Next month, what are we doing? Hold on. Next up on Book Club, I believe, before we move on to a non-sales book, next month we're doing The Salesperson's Secret Code, The Belief Systems That Distinguish Winners. Not read any of it yet, actually. Not touched it. I have just downloaded the Audible. Lillian the dog and I will be uh, getting stuck into this on Wednesday and Thursday because I'm at home. So I will be doing double dog walking and we'll, I reckon I'll have listened to the entire book and noted up the book probably by the end of next week. Um, so we're excited about it. The, the write-up is this book is for any sales professional, or indeed anyone involved in the sales process of their company who wants to learn the secrets of successful selling. So big, a big claim. It's based on 20,000 hours of comparative analyses across the spectrum of performance and interviews of some of the world's most iconic salespeople. Are you an icon? Look, are we icons? I'd like to be an icon. They share their personal opinions and conclusions drawn from their experience at organisations including Adidas, Cisco, Clarify, Deloitte, GSK, JP Morgan, Microsoft, Oracle, Steinway and Co. So lots of big firm. companies that needed that desperately needed somebody to make a difference on the sales floor. <laughs> so the authors present the most rigorous evaluation of how salespeople behave and how they are driven. Doing so, they reveal the secret code behind consistent high-level success in sales. Could be interesting for us as recruiters, this one, Mike. Well, I'm going to read it, so we'll find out. We're definitely going to read it and you can join us. Remember, everybody, if you like what you're listening to, hit I'd the like button. Even bothering you hit that. the like button, hit the share button. Hit the like button, hit the share button. And uh, subscribe and follow Inward Revenue on LinkedIn and YouTube. And just follow us. Get in your car. Follow me in the car. Just follow. That's funny.